Thanksgiving message, will you turn with me to the book of Leviticus, third book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, chapter 7, and we will be looking at verses 11 through 15. Now this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings, which will be presented to the Lord. If he offers it by way of thanksgiving, then along with the sacrifice of thanksgiving, he shall offer unleavened cakes mixed with oil, unleavened wafers spread with oil, cakes of well-stirred fine flour mixed with oil. With the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving, he shall present his offering with cakes of leavened bread. And of this he shall present one of every offering as a contribution to the Lord. It shall belong to the priest who sprinkles the blood of the peace offerings. Now, as for the flesh of the sacrifice of his thanksgiving peace offerings, it shall be eaten on the day of his offering. He shall not leave any of it over until morning. God established the sacrificial system in Israel to prefigure the coming of Messiah who would become the sacrifice for the sins of the world. So the animals that were slain in the sacrificial system, they couldn't pay for the sins of man. Man has sinned, not animals. Only man can pay for man's sin. That's why God had to become a man so he himself could become the sacrifice for sin. So these animal sacrifices were just a picture, a foreshadowing of that which is to come. But when Christ came, he made the true sacrifice, the final sacrifice for sin. But there are numerous benefits for us in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. We benefit in numerous ways from that sacrifice. And that is why there were numerous sacrifices in the Old Testament. All these numerous sacrifices in the Old Testament, animal sacrifices, each one represented a different benefit that we receive from the sacrifice of Christ. So there were trespass offerings, there were guilt offerings, there were burnt offerings and sin offerings, there were wave offerings and meal offerings and drink offerings. But there was also, Leviticus 7, the thanksgiving offering, also called the peace offering. But it wasn't two different sacrifices. God did not have a sacrifice for a peace offering and a sacrifice for the thanksgiving offering. It was one sacrifice. So sometimes it was called the peace offering. Sometimes it was called the thanksgiving offering. But in verse 15, it is called the thanksgiving peace offering because the two concepts are connected together in that sacrifice. Now, there are certain things we are told about this particular sacrifice. We are told that it's not required. Verse 16 says it's a votive offering, meaning a free will offering. That means it's not required. Don't have to do it. You don't have to bring an animal to sacrifice for the Lord in order to express your thankfulness for God's mercy and grace and all his blessings in, in your life. Why wasn't it required? Because God didn't want his people offering this sacrifice of thanksgiving only because they have to. 
well, you know, I really don't want to have to offer this lamb, you know, as a Thanksgiving offering to God. I'd really rather sell it and use the money to do some repairs on the house, but I got to. It's required. So he offers that sacrifice with resentment in his heart, wish I didn't have to do this. How pleasing is that to God? Does that fill God's heart with joy? When he's doing it because he has to, well, I got to do it. Let's get this over with. It doesn't fill God's heart with joy. There's no blessing in it for God, so there's no blessing from God for the one who offers the sacrifice. It has to be a free will offering. Secondly, there was no specific day upon which this sacrifice was to be offered. Like the other sacrifices were offered on a specific day, a specific feast or festival celebration. Again, the same reason. God didn't want it to be a requirement on a certain day. Oh, no. Oh, I forgot. Today is the day for the Thanksgiving offering. I better, I got to go give thanks. You know, I got, I'm so busy. I have so many things I'd rather do, but now I got to spend half a day on this sacrificial Thanksgiving offering and do it with resentment, wishing they didn't have to. God says, guess what? You don't have to. This is when you bring only if you want to, if you truly love me and you're truly thankful for my goodness and my blessings in your life, only then bring the sacrifice because otherwise it is meaningless to me. Thirdly, the stipulation was you don't leave any of it left over for the next day. You partake of the sacrifice, but you eat all of it. So they'd offer the lamb as the sacrifice. The priest would get a portion for his family and the rest they could roast for their own family and friends and have a big barbecue together. So they got to partake of this offering with the stipulation, you eat all of it. You don't leave any left over to tomorrow. So you keep eating until you're glutted, until you're completely satisfied, until you are full and can't eat another bite. And if there's still some left over, invite some more people in to partake. What this passage of Scripture does for us is it gives us a background for the New Testament verse, Hebrews 13, verse 15. Let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. That's the acceptable sacrifice now. It's a spiritual sacrifice. Now that we've entered into the New Covenant, now that the true sacrifice has been made, there's no need for the animal sacrifices. Have you ever thought about that? The temple was destroyed in 70 AD. There hasn't been any animal sacrifices in Judaism for 2,000 years. Yes, the Jews, what do you do about atonement for sin? What do you do for, for forgiveness for sin? And they say, well, what we do now is on the Day of Atonement, we evaluate our lives and anything we've been doing that we shouldn't be doing, we make a commitment not to do those things in the coming year. And any things we should be doing that we haven't been doing, we make a commitment to do those things in the coming year. That's great. That's wonderful. But what about your sins? On what basis are you going to receive forgiveness of sin? And they have no answer because God in his divine plan saw that the, the temple should be destroyed and there will be no more animal sacrifices to make atonement for sin. Why? They're not needed because what they pictured, what they foreshadowed has come. The final true sacrifice has been made. You don't have to focus on the shadow when you can focus on the substance. Colossians 2.17 
Those things were a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. The substance is not the shadow. The substance casts the shadow. If my wife were to go away for a week and I terribly missed her and I was wondrously excited for the day she was coming home and I saw her walking up the driveway and I ran outside, would I get down on my hands and knees and start kissing her shadow when I could kiss her? Don't obsess with the animal sacrifices any longer. Show your love and affection to the substance that casts the shadow. And so we have now the background to let us continually offer up our sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. No more need for animal sacrifices. The true sacrifices have been made. Okay, what, what sacrifice can I bring to God? How about you just come and say thank you? <laughs> okay, but why is that a sacrifice? It's a sacrifice because I'm going to have to overcome the flesh in order to do that. The flesh is a biblical term for the sin nature. We've all been born with, inherited a sin nature from, from Adam. And that's the last thing the flesh wants to do. The flesh says, no, get alone with God. Sing songs of praise to God. Offer thanksgiving to God. No, let's watch a good movie. Let's be entertained. Let's go to a concert. Let's go lay on the beach. Let's do some surfing. I want to be on the golf course. So we have to overcome the flesh. We have to crucify the flesh. When Jesus was crucified, that was his sacrifice for us. Our sacrifice for him is when we crucify the flesh and do something we don't necessarily feel like doing. Well, I'm kind of not in the mood. Well, I'm kind of troubled about this and that. Well, I'm kind of down and discouraged about this and that, so I don't feel like it. Good, that's what makes us a sacrifice. Now you come and you give praise and thanksgiving to God. It's such a pleasing and acceptable sacrifice to the Lord. So, what do we learn about the spiritual sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving? Well, number one, it's not required. It's not terms of salvation. It's not conditional upon going to heaven. You need to believe. You need to ha have a heart to do the Lord's will. You need to have a relationship with the Lord. But sacrificing some time on Sunday morning when you could be on the golf course, you could be home watching your football team, to sacrifice some time, your precious free time where you could be doing something that you enjoy to come and worship the Lord. You don't have to do that to make it to heaven. God, God doesn't check your church attendance schedule or chart or whatever. God doesn't say, you know what? You were in church about 63% of the time. We require 65% of the time. I'm sorry, you were so close. It's not required. Why? Because God doesn't want his people coming to church because they think they have to to get to heaven. Well, I'd rather be doing this. I sure wish I could be doing that, but I got to go to church. Let's get this over with. And they're there singing the songs of praise with resentment in their heart because they don't really want to be there. How pleasing is that sacrifice to the Lord? How much joy do you put in the heart of the Lord? 
And so it's not required. You're here because you choose to be here. You sacrifice whatever you might have been doing this morning to come and worship the Lord and give thanks to the Lord. There's no specific day set for the sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise. You could do it once a year if you want to. Still be a believer and go to heaven. You could say, that's why I love Thanksgiving, because one day a year I'm going to sacrifice a little time to praise the Lord and give thanks. So I'm, I love Thanksgiving. That's the one day of the year that I take a little time to give thanks to God. And if it's genuine, you're really grateful for what God has done, it's a pleasing and acceptable sacrifice. Some people say, you know what? When I think of what He sacrificed for me, I want to set aside one day a month. I'm going to make a commit to be, to be in church one day a month and, and offer my sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Other people might say, when I think of what he sacrificed for me, I want to sacrifice some time once a week, every Sunday. Not because I have to. I just want to come and worship the Lord and give thanks for what he has done. And you know what some people do? So grateful for his sacrifice for them. I want to spend some time with the Lord every day. It's a sacrifice because I'm busy. I got a lot of responsibilities and there's not much free time. But you know what I want to do? I don't have to, but I want to set, sacrifice a little of my precious free time to get alone with God and worship Him and sing praises and give thanks. And we can do it every day if we want to. Let us, therefore, continually offer up the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. But here's the beauty of what we learn from the sacrifice in Leviticus. They got to partake of the sacrifice until they were glutted, satiated, couldn't have another, eat another bite. God wanted them to be full, completely filled up. Same with the spiritual sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. We get to partake of the sacrifice. Because when we're worshiping God and giving praise and thanksgiving, we begin to experience the presence of the Lord because He is enthroned on the praises of His people. So your praise and thanksgiving becomes the throne upon which God sits. He is enthroned upon the praises of His people. Now, He is Jehovah Shalom. He is the Lord our peace. And so when we are offering the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, and it's real, and it's genuine, we get to partake of that sacrifice. We begin to experience a peace of God that passes all understanding. And in His presence is fullness of joy. Now, He wants us to be filled up. He wants us to be completely full, satiated with His love, His joy, and His peace. So if you come in here on a Sunday morning kind of running on empty, like when your car's running on empty, you need to get to a gas station, fill up that tank. Sometimes we come in on a Sunday morning, running on empty, and God wants us to leave full. So full of the peace and the joy of the Lord, we couldn't contain anymore if He wanted to bless us with more, because it would just overflow. And that's how our lives can be in Christ. We can say, my cup overflows, because we are continually offering up the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. That's why Paul wrote in Colossians, excuse me, Ephesians 5, 18 through 20, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled, be full, be filled with the Spirit. How? 
speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's how we partake of the sacrifice and we begin to be filled with the Lord. It's better than being drunk with wine. It's a better high. It's a lot safer high. I mean, people just want that euphoria, right? That place where they can just mellow out and have no worries and just feel good for a while. We, we all want that. Most people seek that through wine, alcohol, getting drunk, getting, getting high. No, no, no. Paul says, get high on the Lord. It's a way better high and it's way safer. You get, you get high on alcohol, you get drunk, you lose your inhibitions. You're capable of saying things and doing things you wouldn't normally do. Things you might have a lot of regret for the next day. I did what? Things you could end up regretting the rest of your life. There's no harmful effects of being high on the Lord. If you get in the habit of wanting to get that high from alcohol or drugs, you're eventually going to do some serious damage to some internal organs of the body. No such worries. With the Lord, this is the one thing we can be addicted to. It's okay to be addicted to the Lord and just wanting more and more of the Lord. I can never get enough. And we realize how we can have more of His peace, more of His joy. We offer the sacrifice of praise. We sacrifice a little of our precious free time to spend with the Lord psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. And so we read in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, probably a favorite passage for many of you. Be anxious for nothing. But in all things by prayer and supplication with what? With thanksgiving. Prayers with thanksgiving bring what? A peace. It passes understanding because it brings the presence of the Lord. It brings the presence of Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. And we, we enter into this spiritual realm of peace and rest for our souls. So prayers with thanksgiving, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. It surpasses understanding. That's why it's so wonderful. I'm in the midst of a crisis. I'm fearful. I, I'm fearful of losing everything or, or I'm hurting, I'm down, I'm discouraged. The last thing I feel like doing is singing praises to the Lord and giving thanks. Great! That's what makes it a sacrifice unto the Lord. So I don't have to wait until the crisis is over. God has got me through it. And He has resolved the problem. And I can look back now and say, okay, now I understand why you allowed that to happen. And I understand how you're using that in my life. I don't have to wait until I come to a place of understanding to have peace. I can have peace in the middle of it when I understand nothing. I have no clue why God has allowed this or how he's using it in my life. But I have amazing, amazing peace because it's the peace that surpasses understanding, not a peace that comes through understanding. And notice what it does. It guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, like a shield, a guard around what? Our minds and our hearts. Do you realize what he's talking about? 
mental and emotional health and wholeness. This, this is our psychology manual. Mental and emotional health and wholeness because of a peace from God's presence that guards our minds and our hearts, like the walls around a city, the big thick walls in those days, so that the enemy couldn't just come right in and plunder them and destroy them, kept the enemy out. And if we're continually offering up this sacrifice of praise, God will keep those walls around us so the fiery missiles of the enemy cannot penetrate. In other words, fear is a spirit. It's a spirit of fear, anger, bitterness, depression, despair. It's spiritual. It's spiritual oppression. And our minds and hearts can be guarded and protected from that, like the walls that guard the city. Keep, keep the walls up. If we, if we don't want to have a thankful spirit, if we don't want to have a heart of praise and thanksgiving to God, the walls come down. The enemy comes in with a spirit of fear or some kind of spiritual oppression. So what God is showing us is the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving is actually a spiritual weapon to be used against our spiritual enemy. First of all, it's a defensive weapon. It's the walls that guard our minds and our hearts in Christ Jesus. But it's also a offensive weapon. Remember the passage in 2 Chronicles chapter 20? Three nations joined together to invade Israel. Moab, Ammon, and Mount Seir. Three massive armies joined together to invade, to destroy Jerusalem, and wipe out the Jewish people. Well, that brought fear on the heart of King Jehoshaphat, but he was a godly man. So he called all the people together for prayer and fasting. And because they sought after God, God sent a message to Jehoshaphat through Jehaziel the prophet. And the message was this, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. The battle is not yours, but God's. Station yourself, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. And so God gave the battle plan to King Jehoshaphat through Jehaziel the prophet. What was the battle plan? The next morning, they opened the massive gates of the city and they sent out those who sang praises to God dressed in holy attire. They sent out the temple choir in their choir robes to face and engage the enemy. Can you imagine what the people in Jerusalem might be thinking? Our king has lost it. He is officially now a certified religious nutcase. Who would do such a foolish thing? But the Bible says as soon as they began singing praises to God, God set ambushes amongst their enemies and routed them. And we read on in the chapter that what happened was God put a spirit of fear and paranoia on their enemies. And one army became suspicious of the other two armies. They probably invited us into this battle so in the midst of the battle they could turn on us and, and defeat us. And they all became suspicious and fearful of each other. They started fighting each other and they destroyed each other. And the fear of God came upon the nations around Israel because they saw how God fought for his people. So why this strange, unusual battle plan? So that God's people might understand that praise and thanksgiving not only brings the peace of God's presence to us, 
but it is a powerful, powerful spiritual weapon to be used against the enemy. The enemy is attacking. You're fearful. You're down. You're discouraged. That's the time to get along with God. That's the time to begin singing praise. Well, I don't feel like singing praises right now. Good, that's what makes it a sacrifice. And that's when the Spirit of God comes down with power to bring to you a spirit of peace driving out a spirit of fear. It's a powerful weapon, but it's a free will votive offering. You don't have to do it. It's your choice. You can be ungrateful Gus or you can be thankful Thap. Doesn't matter. You're a Christian. You're saved. You can be like ungrateful Gus. Your alarm clock goes off in the morning. Oh, good Lord, it's morning. <laughs> Thankful Thad, here's the alarm clock. He says, oh, good Lord, it's morning. <laughs> ungrateful Gus gets up, looks out the window. He notices a crack in the window. Oh, I can't believe my window got cracked. Some kid probably threw a rock at my window. Ah, if I find out who did that, they're going to be sorry. Thankful Thad gets up, looks out the window, notices the crack, notices a prism of reflected light and marvels at the beautiful colors and says, man, I'm so thankful that it didn't shatter and nobody got hurt. Ungrateful Gus looks at his wife of 30 years and says, what happened to her? What happened to that beautiful girl I married? And Thankful Thad looks at his wife of 30 years and says, man, am I blessed. She's been the most faithful wife anybody could ever have, the most incredible mother to our children, the sweetest spirit. Oh, God, how I thank you for my wife. We have a choice. We can be either one of those guys, but ask yourself this question, which one of those two is happy? Ungrateful Gus is a miserable person. He's following after his flesh, his sin nature, which wants him to be critical and fault-finding and grumpy and moody. We have to overcome the flesh. We have to crucify the flesh to become thankful that. And just make a decision. We get up in the morning. Okay, I'm going to pick a song. I'm going to pick a worship song, and this song's going to be in my heart. And it's going to carry me through the whole day. Do you want to have a great day? Make it a grateful day. Do you want to have a great week? Make it a grateful week. Month, year. How about this? Do you want to have a great life? Make it a grateful life. That's why I love the holiday, Thanksgiving. Not because I get to have one day a year where I'm thankful. This holiday reminds me of how I should be and can be living my life. I can just live my life filled with the Spirit, walking in peace, walking in joy, partaking continually, partaking continually of this sacrifice I'm continually offering up unto the Lord until I can't hold any more of the Lord. It's just overflowing. I'm so filled now. The Spirit of the Lord is overflowing from my life into the lives of others.
Let Thanksgiving Day be a reminder of how we can be living our lives and make a decision, make a commitment to be continually offering the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Let's pray.